Chapter Twenty One of the Motorboat Boys River Chase by Lewis Arundel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Twenty One Making Things Warm. Well, what are we going to do next, Jack? asked Josh, pretending not to hear those irritating words spoken by George, and evidently determined to keep himself in the swim if anything was going on. The question is whether we'd better try to force their hand now or wait a while the one spoken to remarked Why should we wait queried George impatiently? First of all there's some sort of chance that herb may be along pretty soon with his comfort and that would give us three more fellows Jack observed huh such as they are yes the skipper of the speedboat admitted Three would make a good showing anyhow Josh broke in to say seeing his opportunity to agree with Jack and in this way put George on the other side And how'd they know tell me that Buster Herb and our new friend Algernon ain't much on the scrap numbers look big sometimes Then again continued Jack as we float down the river We're apt to sight the lights of some town or city and then George could go ashore and tell the police What a great chance was passing their doors? I'm not greedy about it and willing enough to let the proper authorities do the fighting and get what there is in the game And yet it kind of goes against my grain just to lie around here doing nothing all the time Yes, said George eagerly and just think if we happen to drift anywhere near the bank These fellows are apt to give us the laugh and jump overboard to swim ashore Before we could get a boat started to chase after them, they'd land and snap their fingers at the lot I say get a move on and find some way to make them surrender let's scare the pair half to death we can do it by setting the cabin on fire and paying for the damage done Whew, that's just like george josh was heard to say breathlessly jack glanced towards the two loggers is that sort of a thing possible could the shanty be burned if we tried he asked them don't think it can son came the reply course we never seen it tried but the logs are kind of green yet and the sprays jumped up over the cabin sometimes when we've had a headwind They ain't no winder in the shack just an opening like round on the back I could crawl up and try the fire game if so you stand ready to pony up for any damage to the logs Jack was thinking again Well, it might pay us to make the try he said persistently No harm done said George giving Josh a triumphant look as though he would have him take notice that when really smart fellows started to do things they meant business every time Josh shrugged his shoulders as much as to say he was ready to be convinced Meanwhile Jack was talking with the two loggers trying to find out what their ideas might be with regard to getting a supply of kindling ready One of them strode off and presently returned with an axe the other had picked up several strips of wood that seemed to be fairly dry and as soon as the sharp-edged tool came he started to cut this into long splinters By the way said George I've got some cotton waste aboard my boat That's just soaked with oil and would burn like fun. I'll get it And if you go aboard my boat too, you'll find a lot more close by the engine that I was going to throw overboard because it was getting so sticky Jack went on to tell the other as he was hurrying off it really began to look like business at any rate Josh found himself interested in spite of himself No matter whose plan it might be if it won out he must show a spirit of fairness and render all the aid he could 
Josh was not a small-minded fellow, though he did love to tease poor Buster on occasion, and often went out of his way to get a sly dig at the good-natured fat boy. The strips of wood having been reduced to kindling, and George coming back with the cotton waste, saturated with oil that would burn, even if it was not explosive, it began to look as though the thing was now up to the logger who had offered to make the attempt. "'Here's a little bottle, and it's full of gasoline, too,' remarked George, as he handed the article over. "'When you're ready to set fire to the pile, just scatter that stuff over it, and take care of your eyebrows, for she goes off with a whoop.' "'Say, they're on to us,' announced Josh just then. Looking around the cabin, Jack could detect a head thrust around the corner, and from this he knew that one of the men had issued forth wishing to learn what the forces arrayed against himself and his partner might be doing all this while. So Jack made suggestive motions with his gun, as though tempted to shoot, and the head was withdrawn immediately. "'Is there any opening on the back of the shack?' he asked the men. "'Nope, not that you can notice, son,' came the reply. "'Of course they might dodge out and run around to blaze away from our fire-kindler, and then get back under cover again,' said George." I was thinking if I could work it so as to keep them quiet, said Jack. Let's all move around so as to cover the side where the open door is. Then they'll be liable to think we're all in a bunch. And if we see either man trying to sneak out, I'll give him a scare all right. To do this, they had to go some little distance from the three tied-up motorboats. But Jack knew they could reach them long before the fugitives might should they conceive the wild idea of making a dash that way besides as a last resort did he not have his gun and were there not two trusty shells in its barrels having taken up their position they gave the man who had remained behind the signal that he should get busy and he started to advance toward the rear of the cabin on the raft when he had gone perhaps half way a figure was seen to push out of the opening jack immediately called out Get back there, or I'll fire you full of shot, at the same time brandishing his gun in a very threatening manner, which warning appeared to have an influence upon the fellow, since he slipped back again. But no doubt he had discovered the logger, who was advancing toward the rear of the shack, his arms filled with fuel, and it would have to be a very dull person who could not guess what his object must be. Then there sounded a sudden report. One of the men in the shack, found some small chink between the logs, through which he was firing his revolver. Perhaps he had shot at the logger, and then again it might have been just to alarm him, and thus cause the scheme for firing the cabin to be given up. When the man seemed to drop, Jack's heart was in his throat, for he thought he was looking on a tragedy. But the other logger chuckled as he remarked, Don't be scared about Fritz, he ain't tecked a whiff, but just drapped so as to crawl out of range. See him getting over ground right smart now, and notice that he ain't let go any of the stuff, be he? You're right, Hanky, said Josh promptly enough. Bully for Fritz, burst out the gratified George, whose heart had no doubt taken just as quick a jump as had Jack's, when that report sounded in a half-muffled way from being inside the cabin. Another shot followed, but the marksman was evidently shooting at random, and without having a target. At any rate, the logger kept right on creeping toward the shack, and it began to look as though he were bound to get there, too. But would he be successful in getting the logs to burn? 
Jack was rather inclined to doubt it, though of course much depended on whether they were fairly dry, or wet with the spray that may have dashed up over the raft when the wind, being upriver, had made a choppy sea. What if the whole blooming raft goes up in smoke, was the awful suggestion, which Josh put forward. George laughed out loud. It seemed to strike him as so absurd. Yes, and worse still, Josh, whatever will we do if we set the river on fire? They'll certainly have it in for us, believe me. But one thing, sure, no danger of you ever setting the river afire with any scheme you'll think up. Shucks, I don't believe it'll work a cent, remarked Josh. According to my calculations, it'll take more than that kindling to set logs a-going. Don't forget the oiled rags, Josh, said George, tauntingly. Yes, and the bottle of gasoline I let our friend have. Seems to me all that's going to build up some fire. And for the rest, we'll have to trust to luck. Perhaps it'll catch fire, and again she may kick and bulk. Like some engines we know about, for instance, Josh wound up with. You never saw a motor do better than mine did coming down river, and you know it. I have had a lot of trouble with the thing in the past, but that's all over now, and I'm on easy street with my dandy wireless. Oh, you can laugh all you want to, Josh, but wait and see. Proof of the pudding lies in the eating of the same, George, said Josh, and I know you too well to believe you'll ever be satisfied to run along like Jack and Herb do. But see there. Our fire kindlers got up to the shack all serene, and now he's bending down to fix his kindling right. We'll soon know, George, and if she goes, since it's your scheme, I'm willing to say you done it with your little hatchet. Just as Josh said, the logger had managed to gain the shelter of the back wall of the shack. Now, in order to keep out of the rain without bothering with the door, the cabin had been made with its only opening on the side upriver, so that what the boys had been calling its back was really its front side. And with the movement of the raft always downstream, and the night air being from the south just then, if the fire were ever properly started, it would be fanned constantly, and helped along by this process. Jack kept watch on the dark opening that stood for the entrance, and means of exit. He meant to shoot if any figure was seen to appear outside this, not with the idea of doing bodily injury, but in the expectation of frightening the man back, before he could make use of his weapon upon the fire-kindler. So the seconds crept along, until several minutes had passed. "'Gee, why don't you get a move on?' remarked George, to whom the time hung as if it were weighed down with lead. "'Let him be,' said the other logger, named Hanky. "'Fritz is some slow, but then he gets there in the end. Watch his smoke, son, and see.' End of chapter 21